you have the shaky voice, you have the sound of your voice, you have exposing your ideas and your intellect. That's an incredible amount of vulnerability. The good news is you don't have to think how. You just have to go to the place that feels good, that feels right, that feels safe, that feels comfortable, that feels like the right place for you to build confidence. You're taking action from the person who is confident, from the person who believes you can do it. And that is the first step in the change. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. It is so good to have you here. And it's really exciting because we've made it to part six of this six-part series on building confidence. If you have listened to every single part, if you've listened to parts one, two, three, four, five, and six, you need to let me know. Like, you need to message me. (laughs) I want to, like, celebrate you. I actually, like, really want to get some, like, art of speaking up swag that I can, like, send out for those of you who have been listening to the show for a long time or, like, listen to every single episode. So anyway, reach out to me so I can congratulate you and, like, put you on a list for future art of speaking up swag. I'm thinking about, like, either keychains, journals, mugs, I don't know, something. If you have thoughts, let me know. But anyway, we're at part six, and today is all about this idea of building confidence alone versus with support. And this is something that, of course, I think about a lot because so much of the work that I do as a coach is supporting people in this process. And so much of what I do is really around helping someone create confidence and create results with another human, aka me, as a unit, as a pair, as a team. And through my experience coaching my clients and my experience being coached, so I've been working with one-on-one coaches since 2017, my views have shifted so much on what it means to get support from someone, what it means to have community, what it means to not be alone in your struggle. And I wanted to share that with you because if you are in a situation where you struggle with imposter syndrome... Your confidence isn't where you want it to be. You struggle to have a strong voice in meetings. You doubt yourself. I know that so often the instinct when those things come up, this has been my experience and I know this is a common experience, the instinct is to hide. You're having these struggles and you think something's wrong with you. So the instinct is to like move away from support, move away from help, move away from telling other people because that can feel way too vulnerable and you're already feeling kind of raw and kind of vulnerable and kind of icky and so The idea of like letting someone into that or finding community or sharing what you're experiencing can be really, really hard. And that's why I want to talk about this. Before I dive in, come join me in the Facebook group. The Facebook group is heating up. There are more and more women from the show joining the group. I'm getting really, really excited 
I had been going live in there twice a week to do trainings. I took a brief pause because I broke my wrist and that got in the way of a lot of things. But I'm gonna be back in there regularly live doing mini trainings and videos specifically on topics that you request and that you want to know about. And I'm also gonna start doing some fun exercises in there, some fun community building, some fun ways for you to use that group as a place to build your confidence, a place to practice having a voice, practice being seen, practice being vulnerable, which is such a perfect connection to the topic of this episode, which is all about the value in partnering with other people in your growth, in the value of community, in the value of connection. And so what I want to start with in explaining this is a really important concept that I continually think about. It underlies like a lot of why I do this show, why I care about this work so much, like why it touches me in like such a deep place inside my heart is because I think when we think about growth and we think about our goals and the things that we want to create in our lives, and especially for many of you listening, like the things that you want to create in your career, in your professional environment, the way that I think about it is there are two kinds of goals or two kinds of outcomes that we can create. I think there are outcomes that are like a little more mundane, a little more straightforward, a little more simple. So that might be an outcome like you want to learn a new skill, so you sign up for like a LinkedIn learning or you take a training, right? Or maybe an outcome you want is like you want to get exposure to more functional verticals in your company, so you sign up for like a rotation program or like you do a swap or something. Like I think there are goals that are more surface level and just a little more like simple, practical, like there's not a whole lot underlying them. You're just going to like take the training and learn the skill. And then I think there are goals that require a significant amount of emotional growth. They're goals that require us to become stronger than we are in the present moment. And they're goals that really reach into deep parts of us that might be struggling and that might need to emerge from that struggle and move through that struggle in order to attain the goal. Now, this can look different for everyone, right? But some examples that come to mind for me as I'm talking about this is moving into a new role or something new. So whenever you're moving up or increasing your scope or getting promoted, that can really challenge that inner sense of like identity and strength and stability. And for you to feel ready in that role, to excel in that role, to really do a good job and over deliver, it might not just be about you learning tactical skills and taking trainings and learning LinkedIn learnings. For you to succeed in that role, it might be about you experiencing inner shifts in how you feel about yourself and what you experience inwardly in a workplace because what you experience inwardly drives your behavior and that inner experience is much more powerful than skills building, right? That's why we need personal growth. That's why we need coaches. That's why we need to develop our leadership skills and our resilience because it's not just about these hard tactical skills. It's about building inner strength and inner confidence. So getting a promotion or, you know, jumping into a new role is an example. For me, 
speaking up is a really big example of this. And it's so interesting because the show is called The Art of Speaking Up, right? And I think there's totally a reason. There are reasons that are both in my conscious awareness and probably reasons that I'm not even aware of, of why I named the show that and why every interview ends with talking about that and why that fascinates me so much. And on the surface, I think that you can say speaking up is just like this skill. It's a communication skill. It's a surface level skill. But actually, for me, the art of speaking up is this idea that speaking up can be incredibly vulnerable. It can be incredibly exposing. And it can be about so much more than the tactical, like I can tell you how to run a meeting. You know, I can tell you how to use structure and synthesis and all the things. Like I can tell you all those surface level things, but there's something deeper below the surface, which for so many of us, and for myself, I know as I experienced it, was the experience of being seen being vulnerable, showing people parts of ourselves that get showed to them, that get exposed when we do speak up. Those parts of ourselves include just our voice, the sound of our voice. That was a really challenging one for me. I, you know, I developed all sorts of fears that my voice was problematic. I'm still working through that. I mean, I got some feedback that really, really (laughs) impacted me in a negative way about how my voice didn't sound right. And so for me, after that, even just sharing my physical voice felt very scary and vulnerable because I worried that I was being judged and it wasn't the easiest thing to change and changing it didn't feel good. I've talked about that before and let me know if that's something you want to hear more about. I can do more episodes on that um, and sharing my experience. But there's that vulnerability of like letting people hear your voice, which can be so hard for so many other reasons, not just for the reason that I shared, but also if you experience stage fright, which is something that I've struggled with for so long and your voice is shaking, right? Having people hear your voice shake and see that, that can feel so vulnerable, so exposing, almost to the point of like, very, very hard to tolerate, right? One of the hardest things to work through. And there's even more than that too. When you speak and you share your voice, you're exposing your ideas, your intellect. You're also sometimes exposing like your passions and your inner world and the things that live within you that not everyone gets to see. And I think the act of showing those to the world can feel really exposing. So I really want you to think about this idea of speaking up and how all of these different ways that speaking up exposes you and can make you feel seen and make you feel vulnerable, how they all work together, right? People are hearing the sound of your voice. They're maybe hearing what your physiology is doing. If your voice is shaking, although I promise you that gets better over time. And if you give yourself space and compassion and you work on that, your voice won't be shaky forever. It it really can and does get better. But you have the shaky voice, you have the sound of your voice, you have exposing your ideas and your intellect. That's an incredible amount of vulnerability, especially for people like me, maybe people like you, who we have mixed feelings around being seen. Being seen can be very hard for us and can be very scary, right? And I know some people just don't like being seen. Some people have mixed feelings around it, right? Like, I love it and I don't like it. So I (laughs) I embody all of the things it's very confusing. But so many of us, there's a real fear around being seen, a real fear around using our voice. And so when we think about communication skills, and when we think about strengthening our voice, it's not a surface level thing. (laughs) 
I guarantee you that there's nothing on LinkedIn Learning that is going to help you with those deeper challenges and is going to help you with what I'm talking about, which is that inner feeling of people are seeing me and this is scary and how do I move through this? And it's that deeper experience and those deeper experiences that I'm talking about of like, getting a promotion and having to believe you can do it and using your voice and having to learn to work through the vulnerability. It is those deeper experiences that are not just about tactical growth and tactical steps. They are about inner growth, emotional resilience, learning to treat yourself differently, learning to see the best in yourself, learning to be kind to yourself, learning to change the way that you relate to yourself and the way that you think about yourself and the way that you experience and process your emotions. These are all deeper things that go beyond the level of the actual like outer skills, right? So I can give you like a bulleted list of skills that you need to succeed in the role or the promotion or the thing, but I guarantee you, You could be missing 90% of those and just have the inner work down and have the confidence down and you can do better in that role than someone who has all of the bullets but doesn't quite have the confidence, right? And isn't at that point where they believe in themselves and trust themselves. And so what I really want to pull apart here is the idea that we can work on something that's very, very surface level or we can work on something that goes deeper. And I see confidence as something that goes deeper. There is certainly surface level confidence, right? And if you listen to confidence 1.0 versus confidence 2.0, I think confidence 1.0 is a little bit more of a surface level confidence. And I think confidence 2.0 is a little bit deeper. But confidence is a deep, deep skill. Because like I said, in a few of the parts of this, confidence is our willingness to act, to go, to put ourselves out there, to do the thing, right? right? That requires so much resilience because we know that if we're struggling to do the thing and if doing the thing is a difficult action that's requiring more effort and more attention, it means that there's something about it that's hard. Maybe we're going to expose ourselves. Maybe we might be judged by someone. Maybe we're going to fail, right? So when we're cultivating the ability to be in situations that feel hard, that feel unpleasant, that feel risky, There's a much deeper resilience that's required for us to navigate those situations. So when I think about confidence and I think about like a deeper lasting confidence, I think about it as an inner skill. And I don't think about it as something that like you could take a class on and learn. I think about it in two ways. One, it's something that gets built in layers through your embodied experience. But two, and and even more importantly, it's something that the pace at which you build is going to be correlated with how you treat yourself. So if you take a ton of action and you put yourself outside of your comfort zone and you are mean and harsh to yourself every single time you do it, It's going to take you a lot longer to build confidence than if you learn how to go out of your comfort zone and take risks and take the scary action and you learn how to have your own back after no matter what happens, no matter if it goes bad, no matter if you're unhappy with it. When you learn how to treat yourself differently and orient yourself differently, your confidence grows so much faster. And these are inner emotional skills. And I really, really believe that when we're developing surface level skills, things that are more on the surface, like I'm going to give you the steps to running a meeting or 
I'm going to give you the steps to prepping for an interview, or I'm going to give you the steps to like networking your way in or making a transition into a new job vertical or whatever it is like the steps. Of course, like we can do that alone because they're just steps, right? But whenever there's inner work required, deeper work required, there are struggles and fears coming up and it's not just about executing the steps. That's when I think that we are doing ourselves a massive disservice if we decide to go at it alone. And I am someone who spent a lot of my life skeptical of the world, thinking I couldn't trust anyone, thinking that I was smarter than everyone and better than everyone. So even if I could trust someone, like no one could really help me. I moved through the world with that lens for so much time. And as I reflect on that, I believe one of the reasons I probably had that lens of like, no one understands me, no one can help me, I can't trust anyone to help me, I probably had that lens to protect myself and keep myself safe because if I believed those things to be true, then I never had to open up to anyone. And if I never had to open up to anyone, then I never had to have the experience of getting hurt or someone disappointing me or something not turning out the way I wanted or, you know, even worse, me opening up to someone and being vulnerable and then that person like shaming me or sort of like agreeing with me that I'm a problem and I feel broken, right? I was scared I'd show someone the skeletons in my closet and they'd say, good God, close that thing up, right? And then I'd feel even worse. And so I think my pessimism was in some ways a protective thing that just kept me from exposing myself to that. And so much of my own change happened when I became aware of that. And I became aware of how much I moved through the world very independently, really doing things alone and very, very skeptical of others. And I started to question What would be different? What would feel different? What could change if I was willing to allow my skepticism to be there? It's still there. It's not like it went away. But if I was willing to challenge it and question it and be in the world and orient in the world as someone who is a little bit more open. And that's when things started to change for me, because that's when I started feeling less alone in so much of what I was struggling with. And actually launching this podcast was a really huge step in that direction for me, because I was so afraid of sharing my experiences because I just worried of being judged because a lot of the struggles that I had in my career, I I hadn't... <laughs> I hadn't told that many people and like I certainly hadn't talked about them on a podcast, right? And I don't share my story all the time on here, but I do share a lot of deeply personal things and I was really committed on here to being very honest about my struggle because I believe that there is a lack of honesty in the professional space where people are acting like everything's fine. And I knew that if I shared the things that were like really truthfully hard for me, you know, not like things that I've already processed, I probably wouldn't share something while I'm in it, in it, in it, you know, like I'd give myself space to move through that and then share it. But like, I knew that if I shared the truth of things that had been really, really hard for me, I knew that would have an enormous impact because I knew that when I was struggling, not hearing that from 
anyone was what kept me there because I felt alone and self-loathing and ashamed. And so I knew that I wanted to share openly on this podcast and I really feared being judged and I just had to suspend that and trust that there was a reason that I was being called to do this. And that was an example of me moving towards having more trust in the world and moving towards this idea that like I can be in the world and just be myself and show who I am and it'll be okay. And it's taken a lot of work for me to do that. But the more that I've opened myself up, and that's looked like doing this podcast, being more open in my personal life, working with multiple coaches, sometimes on things that are deep and difficult and challenging. And that's just looked like this commitment to being and expressing more of myself, even if I think that, you know, someone might not like it or someone might not agree with it. It's also looked like me not just working with one-on-one coaches, but working in group programs, being coached as a group with other people. And it's looked like me being really vulnerable in those spaces. The more that I've opened myself up and challenged this idea that I need to hide my flaws and do it alone, literally my confidence has grown in proportion. Because in the act of me opening up to others, what I have received mostly is acceptance. And that acceptance has really helped me reframe how I think about my own struggles and how I think about the things that are hard for me. Because when we're struggling and we're looking at the thing that's hard and we're looking at the thing that's standing in the way of our confidence, to us, it feels like the most dirty, deep, dark, shameful secret that no one can know. It really feels that way to us. And to other people, it is not received that way. Most people I have found receive it with understanding and compassion and gentleness. And it's hard because I think the impulse when we are struggling is to keep it secret, keep it under wraps, deal with it alone, especially professional struggles, because there's such a pressure in the professional space to be buttoned up because how we are and how we are feeling is sometimes like part and parcel with our job performance, right? So it can be especially hard then to open up about what we're experiencing professionally because not only do we worry about like the human component of like, are people going to judge me? But I think we feel this feeling of like, well, I shouldn't be experiencing this because then it means I'm not good at my job. So like, I better not talk about it or like make it real or like express it out loud because that means it's true. And maybe that means I'm not really good at my job, right? And I've done something wrong or I'm missing something. And so I think so often the thing that we need to do, which is to seek out support, is the opposite of what we feel compelled to do. And that's why I wanted to share this with you, because if you are struggling and if things are really hard and if you do feel stuck or not great or bad about yourself, one of the worst things you can do, I think, is be alone in it. And one of the best things that I think you can do is seek support and seek other people who can listen to what you're experiencing and can provide whatever help they're able to provide. And I honestly, like, there's differences between getting support from your friends and a mentor and a coach, right? There's different ways that you can get support. And I'll talk a little bit about those differences 
in case my perspective is helpful for you in understanding it, but it actually doesn't matter so much and I wouldn't overthink it so much because what's more important than the exact type of support you get is that you're going to someone who you feel like you can trust, who you feel like can hold what you are sharing with them without them needing to like jump in and try to fix you, right? Without them getting too uncomfortable to like listen to you and be in the conversation with you. The most important thing is that you feel safe, you feel comfortable with that person, right? Or that community, it could be a group of people or it could be someone you know. I think that is the most important thing. And this is also really interesting because this is something that's backed up by research and evidence around therapy that there are studies that look at like what therapeutic tools or modalities are most impactful in supporting therapy clients. And the findings of those studies are that the tool, the impact of the tool is neutral. The single most impactful factor is the relationship between the therapist and the client, right? It's the human relationship, it's the human interaction that gets created between the two that is the biggest, most powerful catalyst of change. So what this means is you don't have to think so hard about, you know, if you're like, yeah, I am alone, I am doing this all by myself, I really should seek support or help or community. The good news is you don't have to think how. You just have to go to the place that feels good, that feels right, that feels safe, that feels comfortable, that feels like the right place for you to build confidence and the right place for you to work through the difficult things that are getting in the way of your confidence. And it really is that simple. Now, I can tell you a little bit about the differences between communities and groups and sort of like social support, which I think is so valuable, and then having a mentor, which is a really common situation in a professional setting. And then lastly, working with a coach because mentorship and coaching have very different things about them that I I think people don't always think about that are really important to think about. But I'll start with like groups and friends. And I think this is the first place that you should go. I think this is the place where we naturally feel most welcome. I think it's a place that we can go to anytime unconditionally. This is really my goal for what I want the Facebook group to be. Like that's my vision for what I want it to be. I want it to be a place where you can go to to get support from other women who listen to the show. I don't want it to be so much like a place where it's just me posting in there. I want it to be a place for you. And you can join us if you are seeking community, but most importantly, figure out who in your life can be there for you to help guide you through this, right? I think that is one of the most impactful things. And I want to talk a little bit about mentorship versus coaching. And I'm just going to preface this by saying that I'm coming into this discussion and perspective with a lot of bias a lot of bias because one, I'm a coach. So obviously I really believe in coaching. But two, I've had mixed experiences with mentorship. I've had some mentors who have changed my career, like just changed it and impacted me in such significant ways. And I've had some not so great experiences with mentors. I think one thing to think about if you're realizing that you don't want to build confidence alone and that you want to build confidence with someone is that a mentor, the mentor who's coming to mentor you has a different level of investment and engagement in your growth 
than a good coach is going to have. Not any coach, like a good coach who actually cares, right? And actually is like doing good work because the coaching industry is like wild, wild west and it's unregulated and there are all different kinds of coaches out there. So I'm always using the proxy of like, a good coach, a coach that you work with and you have a really good experience and you want to continue working with them or you recommend your friends to them and you're so happy that you worked with them, right? So I'm talking about like a good coach versus a mentor. A good coach knows how to create space for you and a really good coach knows how to create a space for you that is safe and knows and understands the importance of helping you feel comfortable and helping you feel like you can open up and feel like you can be a real partner with them in your growth. That is part, an essential part of the skill set of what it means to be a coach. It's not just about the mindset stuff and it's not just about helping you get into action. It's about helping you feel good in the conversation and comfortable and safe and open so that you can share what is really true, what is really going on for you versus feeling like you have to be fake or you have to perform or you have to please them or you have to say the right things. A mentor is not necessarily going to be able to offer that to you. Now, this doesn't mean there aren't incredible mentors, but it does mean that they're going to come with a different skill set. Their skill set's going to be based on their experience and what they know professionally, but they don't necessarily have the skill set of what is referred to in like the coaching industry and sometimes in the therapy world, the skill set of holding space. Holding space means I know how to be in conversation with another human in a way that honors their needs. That is something that as a one-on-one provider is part of the work that like a coach does or a therapist does that a regular old person out in the world, they might have their instincts and they might be empathetic, right? But they haven't necessarily been trained in that. And that isn't part of what they're bringing to the interaction with you, which means that if you are working with a mentor, I would recommend being thoughtful about how comfortable you feel around this person Because I can pretty much guarantee you, I think, I mean, we could debate this, but I think that what you get out of the mentorship is going to be directly proportional to how comfortable you feel around them and how much of a fit they are for you. So I think that that's something really, really important to think about. There's something else I want to share that I think a lot of people don't always think about that is really, really important and really, really underrated. When you are getting mentored by someone, they're doing it for free. You're not compensating them, right? Versus when you're working with a coach, typically you're paying a fee to work with the coach. You're paying a fee for that service, right? So there's a very different balance and dynamic in a mentorship versus a coaching relationship. A mentorship can be a little bit unbalanced in that this person is just giving you their time, which is so wonderful, but also I find 
that for me, like as a mentee or as a client, it's actually easier for me to come out of my shell, to be open, to take up space in a one-to-one partnership if I know that I'm compensating the other person, right? Because then it's not just about like this person's time and can I get on their calendar and how often there are these guardrails, right? And there's this even benefit to both parties where yes, this person is giving you their time, of course, but there's also the exchange of money which balances it out and makes it even. So it's not necessarily like a mentorship relationship where one person is just volunteering. And that's a wonderful thing, right? Like I think that's such a great thing to do. And I love mentoring. And especially when I was in corporate, Anytime someone LinkedIn messaged me for a coffee chat, I would take a coffee chat, right? And so I was really, really generous with my time. And it's not the same as when you get to work with a coach regularly that is your time on their calendar. And for me, when I'm compensating the other person, I feel more safe, I feel more comfortable, I feel like the expectations are clear and there isn't this sense of like, you're doing this thing for me and like, what am I doing in exchange for you? Again, I'm not knocking mentorship. I just think sometimes it's easy to it's easy for our thinking to get backwards to say like, well, mentorship is better because it, I don't have to pay this person. But there are benefits. There is a security that comes in the exchange, right? Because it's balanced and the expectations are clear. And then for me, I know as a client, it helps me take up more space in the relationship because it feels even. The other thing that's a very obvious tactical consequence of this is typically with a good mentor, you're maybe going to meet with them. In my experience, it's been like once a month, once every few months, depending on their seniority, versus when you're working with a coach, again, you're not getting their time. They're not just giving you their time, but you're actually like in an arrangement where you get to meet with them frequently. And I find that that frequency is really, really powerful because change is hard. Building confidence is hard and it requires a ton of reinforcement. And it's so easy to fall off track or go back to old habits or old patterns or ways of thinking, even in the week that goes by in between weekly coaching sessions, let alone the time that goes by in like a month or however often you're meeting with a mentor. Again, I don't want to knock mentorship It's just I want to share this with you because there was a point in my career where I would have thought working with a coach is bogus and why on earth would I work with a coach when I have someone in my network who's really experienced and really awesome who is willing to mentor me. And it's not that one is right and one is wrong. It's that they're different and they're going to serve different purposes. And it's hard in my experience, it's hard to get as much growth and enrichment out of a mentorship as quickly as can happen when you're sitting with someone every week and it's their job to help you with that, right? So it's a different dynamic. That being said, when you find the right mentor, when things click, it can be profound and it can really change things. I've had one mentor who just like in one conversation with her (laughs) changed the way that I saw myself and She was like, why are you underselling yourself on your resume? Why are you applying like for these jobs that you are overqualified for? Like what (laughs) what's going on here? And it was like in that one conversation where I was like, oh, my God, like I couldn't see 
how much I was underselling myself. And I couldn't, I couldn't see it until she pointed it out. And then I couldn't unsee it, right? And it was just that one conversation. But part of the reason that that conversation impacted me so much was because I had a lot of respect for her. And she was someone that I really admired and someone who I felt comfortable around, right? And so that goes back to what I was saying earlier around like, if you are going to find a mentor or get guidance from someone, make sure you feel really good about it. Like, Don't do it because you think you should or you're pressured into it or someone matched you with someone, right? Like, Find the right person, right? And this goes with coaching too. This goes with community too. This goes with your social circles too. Find the right person. When you find the right person who can listen to what you're experiencing and offer you compassion and help you reframe your perspective and help you move towards solutions and help you change the patterns that are getting reenacted that are keeping you stuck. When you find that Everything will shift and that person can appear in many different formats. So stay open to it and also just be aware of like these differences and just be aware also, I think something that we really fail to think about when we're seeking support and when we're growing confidence, I think when we're thinking about getting help or getting support for our confidence journey, just notice and be careful if your mind goes to the worst case scenario of what happens if I try to get support, what happens if I find a mentor, I find a coach, I join a community or whatever, like what happens and it doesn't work out. And I think what we often fail to think about is what happens when we always listen to the thoughts of like, this isn't going to work or what if this doesn't work? We know what happens when we listen to those fearful, pessimistic thoughts. When we listen to the pessimistic thoughts, we know that we don't change. We know that we stay the same. We can't know for sure what's going to happen when we decide not to be in it alone, when we decide to get help, when we decide to get support. We can't know for sure what's going to happen, but we know for sure that if we stay in our same pattern, we're going to create what we've already created. We're going to probably repeat the same things that we've been creating on our own. And whether you are sharing with a friend or you find online communities or you work with someone one-on-one, that choice to do that is a pattern interrupt. It is a pattern interrupt of the pattern of not taking action or getting the support that you actually want that you might be yearning for out of the fear of the unknown and the fear of the uncertainty. And it is that pattern interrupt that is actually the first step of you stepping into the new identity you're creating because the confident person you're becoming wouldn't make the decision to continue to stay small, to continue to stay quiet, right? To continue to just try to do it on their own. You're taking action from the person who is confident, from the person who believes you can do it. And that is the first step in the change. And it is so, so, so important because I know if you're someone like me, I'm very careful about the people I've let in. And so it is so important for us to be discerning about who we trust our privacy with and who we trust our struggles with, right? So I'm not saying like go out there like willy-nilly and just like now trust everyone or like hire the first coach you find. You know, I think discernment is really, really important and making sure that this person can 
hold you and care for you and be there for you in a way that feels peaceful and productive and supportive. That is so, so, so important. But when you find that, when you do find that, just be careful not to talk yourself out of it because I know that that's a pattern that I enacted in my life over and over that really kept me stuck and kept me small. And as soon as I just allowed myself to go for the thing that I wanted, to get the support that I wanted, even if it felt like I should be able to do it all on my own, as soon as I gave myself that permission, I just like the change started to alchemize inside me. And I've seen myself over the years just becoming a completely different person because I opened up to letting other people in, because I joined communities, because I was more open with the people in my life who love me, right? Because I worked with coaches. I haven't had a mentor in a while, but I've also had some mentorship relationships too that have really helped me along that journey. So that's where I'm going to leave things for today. And I want you to know that even though it might feel really alone in what you're experiencing, I can tell you definitively, I know this for sure because I see how many people listen to this podcast and how many people are in my community and I see what my clients are dealing with. So I can tell you definitively, you might feel really alone. And I know when I was struggling, I felt really alone, but you're not. You're not as alone as you think. And that is why getting the support is so important because it it helps you start to see that and it helps you start to decrease that sense of alienation or isolation or that sense that like something is just wrong with you. You're just broken and something is wrong with you. You're not broken. You're dealing with something hard. And no matter what happens, no matter what steps that you decide to take, I believe you have the capacity to get through it. I believe as humans and as women especially, our capacity is just wildly, like we can handle so much, we can go through so much, we are so, so resilient. So for me, I don't, I don't believe that you're going to stay stuck if you want to get unstuck. And you know, that's why I do the work that I do. That's why I'm a coach. That's a coach's job to genuinely believe that you can get unstuck to see the vision of who you could be and who you're becoming before you see it. That's literally what it means to be a coach. So I, I have to think that I have to be in the world that way. But I really believe that that's true for you. So I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you so, so much for listening. If you want to work with me, if you're thinking about working with me, well, first of all, I just want to say that if you're thinking about working with me, the first step is we do a free intro session together. And this there is no pressure to make a decision. It is literally a chance for you to try it out and to see what it's like to be with me before you have to make a choice. So for me, I want to make it risk-free. I want to make it really comfortable. I want you to feel like you can make a decision on a time frame that feels comfortable for you. So if you are interested in working with me, that is the first step. And you can find my calendar in the show notes to book time with me. I would love to meet you. And just so you know, my prices are going up on August 1st. As long as you reach out before then, I'm taking people on at my old price. So if you have been thinking about it and if you have been waiting to pull the trigger and you want to get in at my old price, then just schedule your call or just reach out to me, like send me a DM or an email before August 1st. And you know, you'll qualify for my old prices. I'll get you into my old prices. And that brings me to the end. I am thankful that you're here. This was an interesting episode. It was really different than a lot of the stuff I shared, but I hope that you found it helpful. 
I'm going to hop off. I will see you next week for an interview. So back to interviews, which feels really exciting after like six solo episodes in a row or maybe even more. Um, So I'll catch you then and have an amazing week. All right. Bye.